This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name's Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. Back in episode 49, we released an episode where I was featured on another podcast and the conversation of mentorship came out. How do you find a mentor? How do you add value to the people who you perceive to be way ahead of you that you can't even imagine how you could possibly be in relationship with those people? How do you get into relationship with those people and how do you add value to them? What was really surprising for us was the massive outreach that came from you saying, wow, this is exactly what I needed to hear. Well, as luck would have it, call it divine fate, universe, law of attraction, whatever you want, another interview came up where I was being featured on another podcast. The conversation of mentorship came up again. We know this brings tremendous value to you, which is why we are releasing the conversation you are going to hear today. I want to ask you a question before you get to hear the episode. And that question is, as you go through the episode, I want you to ask, what's the one thing I'm not currently doing that if I were to start doing immediately would make a massive impact in my life? As you listen to this episode, ask yourself, what is that one thing that you are not currently doing that if you started doing immediately would make a massive impact in your life? With that, let's get into my conversation I had with Dr. Shannon Irvin of the Epic Success Podcast. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. This is the Epic Success Podcast with your host, Dr. Shannon Irvin. And today I have Jeff Woods from the One Thing book and the one thing.com, number one best selling book on the New York Times bestselling list, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, Amazon.com. Pretty much if you're an entrepreneur and you don't have this book, you need to stop what you're doing and get it right now because it is a game changer. Jeff uh, is the host of the Mentee Podcast, which I've been listening to for a while, and the One Thing Podcast, and he has a passion to teach people how to live a life of focus so they can have more while doing less, and he is the vice president of the One Thing, and he's with us here on the Epic Success Podcast today to help us break down these concepts in the book and really help us understand how we can have more while doing less by really focusing in on that one thing in which only we can do. So welcome to the show, Jeff. How are you today? Awesome, Shannon. Thanks for having me here. First of all, my listeners are going to find out really quick. I love your energy. You have <laughs> like life abounding in you. And there's no doubt that um, like even in five minutes of a conversation with you, you, you have this energy that's infectious. What, what creates that in you? What gets you that excited and that just, just uh, focused? I'm just high on life. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I'm an energetic person. It's 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 who I am. And also, when you do what you love, mm. you know, it just it starts to it starts to show through. So one of the things I love about Jeff, and and you may or may not see it on the One Thing's website or anything like that, is this is a guy on fire, my friends. So he, I know Jim Rohn is a, a mentor for you. And uh, you had mentioned in, in entrepreneur.com that, you know, that quote from him, that you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. 
really lit a fire under you. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So I was where many of your listeners are. I was in a corporate job where you know, things were good, but I wasn't fulfilled. I wanted to make a change. I've always wanted to own my own business that was able to make a massive impact in the world and deliver real security for my family. But here I am at the time I'm in medical device sales. Good job. Really good job. Uh, mm-hmm. I wear scrubs every day. I try to get my wife to call me McDreamy. Things are good. <laughs> but I wasn't fulfilled. And I also wasn't in control of my future. You know, they change your comp plan. They change the territory. Who knows what happens? Mm-hmm. The problem is for many of us, we don't have enough pain associated with our current situation to compel us to make a change. Ooh. Yeah. Until, and that was me, until mm-hmm. the pain escalated. First, a colleague of mine had a stroke. At the time, he was 35. This shocked me because my wife and I just bought a house. She's a stay-at-home mom. I'm the sole provider. If that was me, what happens to my family? Right. I didn't like that answer. Mm. The next week, my company did change my commission structure. And overnight, I took a 40% pay cut. How How many of you have ever suffered a massive pay cut or a devastating job loss. You know how painful that is. Those were the two back-to-back blessings, you know how I phrase it, <laughs> yes. um, that, that compelled me to make a change. And that's when I heard the Jim Rohn quote, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I'll look at my five and say, all right, if I want to be a business owner, how many people that I'm spending time with are business owners? Mm-hmm. Goose egg. Right, right. <laughs> right? Right. Um, I set out on a mission to upgrade my five and I started getting some really powerful mentors as a result. I started the mentee as a way to record those private conversations. And two weeks after I had launched the podcast, it was our national sales meeting. I walk into the room and on the chair, every single chair is a copy of the one thing. Hmm. And out on stage walks Jay Papazan, the co-author of the book. And he co-authored it with Gary Keller. For those of you who do not know who Gary is, he created Keller Williams. It's the largest real estate company in the world. So you're, this is literally his playbook for extraordinary results. So the opportunity to tap into that mind, all day, baby. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> I, I approached Jay after and asked if I could interview him for the mentee. He said yes. And we started to form a relationship. And ultimately, the opportunity was created for me to move my family to Austin to partner with Gary and Jay to turn the book into a thriving training and education company. And that's what I now do. I love how those moments of pain uh, turn us in the direction that we were intended to go all along. Tell me, Jeff, there's got to be something in you, though, that gave you the courage to say, you know what, I'm not just going to listen to this guy. I'm going to actually go and pursue him. I, I think a lot of my listeners, you know, they're, they're brand new entrepreneurs or they're just getting restarted and they're thinking, you know, their heads are down and they're doing the, the things of entrepreneurship, but they're not necessarily connecting with their why. I love that you said, you know, you wanted to be able to make an impact and take care of your family. And that drove you when you started thinking about those pain points. Correct. What was that in you that gave you that high desire to to go for not just top people in your field, but really top entrepreneurs? Clarity. Mm. It's something that so many of us lack. When I faced my colleague having a stroke and my income getting slashed, I got clarity on the fact that I was not going to be successful building a business if I did not have access to business owners, if I could not seek counsel from people who had done it before me. I knew that every single day we wake up with two choices. We can do it the easy way or the hard way. And when you hear it like that, it's like, well, yeah, I want to do the easy way. Right. Yet every single day we unconsciously choose the hard way. Here's the hard way. You wake up, you set a goal, you take action, you make mistakes, you take more action, you make more mistakes, and you ultimately muscle your way to a result. That's the hard way, folks. That's true. That's truth right there. And that's the lie we've all been Uh sold our whole life. So it feels productive. It feels like we're getting somewhere down the road, but we're really not. Right. In my mind, and this is where the clarity came in, am I the first person to ever want to build a business? No. (laughs) So there are people who have done it before me. Yes. Well, they mentor people, right? Yeah. 
okay, so how do I get to be one of those people? <laughs> right. Let them tell me how to build the business. And, yeah. you know, as a result of following that, I, I move here to Austin. I literally get handed the playbook of what it took to scale a billion dollar company. Mm, mm, priceless. That is priceless. Priceless. And how many decades did I collapse mm-hmm. to the now? That's it. Did you find most of your five that you, or however many entrepreneurs that you really went after and, and sought their mentorship, did you find them open to having you uh, as a mentee? Yes. And this is this. You start getting into some of the limiting beliefs. Yes. Imagine you are sitting in the room, mm-hmm. a thousand people in the room watching that person on stage. You're sitting in the chair going, I've got to talk to them. I just, if there was any way I could right. pick their brain, then the limiting beliefs seep in. Why would they talk to me? What could I give them that would make it worth their time? I had all those thoughts. Now that I'm on the other side and I've taken the action and I have point blank asked them, here's an example. Jeff Hoffman. He was on the, mm-hmm. the co-founding, he was one of the co-founders or on the founding team of Priceline.com. Guy's mm-hmm. a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Someone I formed a relationship with. I point blank asked him, Jeff, why are you talking to me? <laughs> and, <laughs> and Humble, said, I love it. Yeah. And he said, because once upon a time, I was where you were or where you are right now. Mm-hmm. I was lost. I needed direction. There was a mentor who was light years ahead of me who reached back, grabbed my hand and helped pull me forward. He didn't ask for money. He didn't ask me to wash his car. All he did was ask that one day I pay it forward. Now I'm in the position where I have everything I could possibly want and I want to leave a legacy. Mm-hmm. I genuinely believe that entrepreneurs will change the world. So therefore, it is my obligation to mentor the next generation of entrepreneurs. Every single one of us in our life is going to want to leave a legacy. We are going to want to make an impact by you showing up as the mentee. You are giving them the opportunity to leave that legacy. So inherently, you are bringing more value to them than they bring to you. Oh, some change just got broken right there because... So rewind that one. Right, right, <laughs> over and over and over. That's the affirmation for the day. Okay, we're done. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I found that to be true as well. And whether it's getting the opportunity to personally be mentored by, and nowadays so many of these top-level entrepreneurs want so much to give back that they're creating courses because they're asked so often to do that and to share their knowledge If you want to be mentored by the top people in your industry, so many of them, you can do that virtually. Have you found that to be true? Sure. I mean, getting inside the minds of people. I was in a mastermind with Gary Keller last week. He was teaching a a class on how to build wealth. Mm. Interesting, you know, Mm. sitting from the guy who built a billion dollar company teaching you about how to build wealth. One of the things he talked about was the importance of mentors. And Mm -hmm. he talked about who his mentors are. When it comes to finance, Warren Buffett. He's never mm-hmm. met Warren Buffett, but he's read every book on Buffett. He could tell you everything about Buffett. When it comes to health, he has two specific people that he has studied when it comes to health. He has not met them, yet he has studied them. Okay. You can get in the minds of some of the greatest people in the world. So th- there's no excuse for you not having mentorship. Now, mm-hmm. does that compare to having an actual mentor that you have a relationship with? They are different yeah. things. But yes. bottom line, you have no excuse for not having mentorship in your in your world. So what would you tell the person that is listening right now that knows who that person is? Like immediately when you started talking about this, uh, someone popped into their mind as the guru in their particular niche. What advice would you give them for getting to that person? Find a way to bring value to them. Can now, you elaborate what just, more on that? Yeah, and I, and I sat there because then I w- wanted to give you time for all the limiting beliefs to pop in your mind. Yes. And, well, yes. how, do I, how do I add value to them? They're ahead of me. What could I give them? First and foremost, let's acknowledge the fact that um, unless Miss Cleo is listening to this, none of us have a crystal ball. <laughs> okay? And Miss Cleo, if you are listening to this, you're awesome. Oh, none of us have awesome. a crystal ball. So don't tell yourself the story 
that you can't bring value to them because you don't know where they need help. Here's an example. I approached Jay Papazan after hearing him speak on the one thing. I walked up to him and I said, Jay, my name's Jeff Woods. First and foremost, thank you. I have been at this crossroads in my life trying to look for the next step and I'm hearing you speak and for the first time, I've just gotten this inspiration that I never had before. Thank you. Mm. I don't know what I could possibly do to bring value to you. I just started a podcast. I would love to share your message. I would love to spread your book. Can we make that happen? Let's dissect what just happened there. I added value in two ways. First and foremost, by saying thank you with sincerity. It being mm-hmm. genuine. That feels good. That adds value because it makes him feel good. You with me? Yeah, absolutely. The second is I recognized the fact that he probably wanted to sell more books and I offered to help spread his message. Now, for every single one of you that just said, Jeff, I don't have a podcast. <laughs> I, why do you think I started the podcast? That's right. As a strategic way to add value to people that I didn't think I could add value to otherwise. The whole reason I started writing for Entrepreneur was so that I could approach the Brendan Burchards, the Damon Johns of the world and have a reason to add value to them. That's, that's amazing advice. And I know it to be true too. One of the biggest things that I think has helped me in my career as an entrepreneur is going and being where these people are if not anything, to get inside their minds, just like you said, mm-hmm. and to, to consume it from a vantage point that you cannot because you are not them, but they are. So they're able to, to download things to you that you normally wouldn't be able to perceive. And it expands your mind. It expands your thinking, expands what's possible for you. But then you're in the room with them. And why not take that opportunity to go and ask and that's been my experience uh, with all the, the people that I personally am in masterminds with now. They're fairly big in, in my industry. And it's all been through that, you know, it's a financial investment, but there's no better financial investment than to mm-hmm. be mentored underneath the people that have been down that road that can grab your hand and, sh- and show you the mistakes to not make and the, the paths to take. Well, it's, it's just like sports. Do you want to be the best player on the worst team? Do you want to be playing in a league where you're just better than everybody else? Or are you going to get better results if you play a level up? You're the worst player on the best team. You're playing in a league that's technically above your skill set. You just got to raise your game. Right. So out of all the people other than Gary and Jay, so we're going to, we're going to put them aside because you work with them and that's a different scenario now than it was back then. What are who are some of the more um, impactful people that you've had an opportunity either to interview or to learn from? One guy, and, and I'll say this: um, you will not know their names. That's awesome. You will know their businesses. Okay. You will know the things that they have created. First guy, Gene McNaughton. He was Tony Robbins' right hand man. <laughs> He was the executive vice president of sale for Tony. Um, He helped build Tony's company, Tony's sales strategy for events, all of that. That's Gene. Um, He's become a close friend. Mm. Dave Meltzer, if you've ever seen the movie Jerry Maguire, Mm -hmm. that was based on Lee Steinberg Entertainment. It's the largest or it was the largest sports agency in the world. Dave was the CEO of that agency during the time that that was being filmed. Guy had built some massive, massive businesses. You know, these are people who I had a personal relationships to the point where some of the like Dave I was meeting with every two weeks when I first started they absolutely shifted my mindset they called me out and brought accountability to my world when I wasn't taking action on the right things they helped make connections um, introductions and relationships that I wouldn't have had otherwise and ultimately you know their mentorship helped me go from employee to entrepreneur in 10 months wow wow and I love that you talked about shifted mindset and, and relationships because I think especially as new entrepreneurs or, or people who are shifting, it, they think it's about the task list and the to-do list and that somehow that's going to be the thing that gets them further down the road. And there's some elements of truth to that, but it isn't truth. It, it really is being open and, and connecting with people who you serve and that mm-hmm. you can learn from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I, I am so intrigued by you and your career and uh, this fire that you have. Uh, maybe it's because it's a shared mindset, but uh, I love uh, seeing what you do and seeing how you've done it. So it's been a real blessing for me to watch you in this last year uh, and what you've uh, been doing on the podcast, on the Minty podcast, as well as uh, the One Thing podcast. So, Well, thank you. Yeah. So you took over the One Thing podcast, which makes perfect sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. And the One Thing brand, of course, the only reason why I reached out to you is because that book – uh, clarified for me the things that were intuitive, but yet you you tend to not <laughs> follow through on. Mm-hmm. And so it, it I call the one thing my slap in the face because it's like things that I knew. There, there's it's not huge concepts. They they are huge in the sense that if you actually implement them, they're game changers. Yes, but you you can read past it and go, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, I know that. But the truth is. Knowing it and doing it are, are two different results at the end of the day. Tremendously. So you've been talking a lot about mindset. And one of the things I love about the book is it starts out talking about the lies that we buy into. Mm. So I'd love to kind of just debunk a lot of those things if, if we can. Sure. Talk, talk about everything matters equally. What's, what's that lie about? Well, I'll ask, you, uh, I'll ask you, the listener, the question. Do you believe that everything matters equally? When I say that, I mean all the things that you need to do, all the things on your to-do list, all the priorities. Do you believe that every single one of them matters equally? Do you believe that checking your email is as important to a time block to start your own business? Do you believe that um, being on social media is as important to getting inside the mind of your customers or selling? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a single person who just said yes to that, right? right. The challenge is, and the, re- the reason it's a lie is because we act like everything matters equally every single day. We vote with our actions. This is evident by the fact that how many times we do check email, and how many times we are not focusing on that one thing that's really going to help us build a business on the side, that's going to help us scale our businesses. It's just a lie. Yeah. Yeah. And such a lie because um, my kind of superpower is a, a neuropsychology background. And when you really look into the brain science behind what's going on with us and this constant dopamine response in our prefrontal cortex every time we open the email and open Mm -hmm. social media (laughs) and and it's it makes us lose the ability to focus and lose the ability to think deeply Mm -hmm. because that part of our brain is stimulated with the same chemicals that get stimulated when we over abuse alcohol and drugs And that is our alcohol and drugs of this century is email and social media. Not that they're not needed, but that they run our businesses. At the heart of the lie that everything matters equally is the 80-20 rule or Pareto's Mm. principle, which Mm -hmm. it's the idea that 80% of your results come from just 20% of your activities. Right. Right. While most people have probably heard of 80-20, what's crazy to us is why they don't live it like gravity. If I took you to the top of a skyscraper and told you to jump off, you'd look at me and say, you're crazy because you know that in that case, gravity is not going to work out well for you. What's crazy to us is that people don't live and refuse to violate the 80-20 rule. Why is it that when you look at your calendar, you see a bunch of meetings that you feel like you need to attend? You see a bunch of random to-dos that, uh, you just you want to remind yourself to do. If somebody stops by and says, hey, do you got a minute? You say mm-hmm. yes because you don't want to disappoint them. Yet you don't have clarity on that one thing that you absolutely must do today to make sure that you accomplish your goals and you don't, and you don't protect it like the air you breathe. And it's, it's amazing to me that we, we think we're inoculated to it if we're maybe – you know, an entrepreneur that's working from home or building their business in a very small environment, we feel no, like we're worse. not doing that. Right, right, <laughs> right, worse. right. Yes, we get tripped up in the, um, I call it the monkey brain, you know, that that mm-hmm. 
the thing that's the loudest is getting your attention, but yet the thing that needs your attention is atrophying. You All right, it. so so let's jump in then to the word that everybody actually uses as a badge of honor, which is um, the lie of multitasking. So undoubtedly, there's always going to be somebody who listens to this who says, oh, multitasking is a good thing. Mm. Cool. Suspend that thought for a second. What if I told you that there was a way that I could guarantee that you could take back control of 28% of your time immediately? 28% you could have immediately if you did just one thing. What would you say? Sign me up. <laughs> right. Uh, what we, I want you to think about a time when you were reading an email. You're about halfway through that email and someone walks in or your phone rings and you answer the phone. You have the conversation with them. You hang up the phone. You go, what was I doing? Oh, yeah, I was reading that email. Did you go back to the exact same point in the middle of the email, in the mm. middle of that sentence and continue mm. reading? No way. No. Yeah. What'd you do? You went back to the top and you yep. read it again. Yep. Here's what happens when we multitask. You are doing your primary work. Something happens. There's a stimulus. A person walks in. Oh, phone ringing. Okay. And then you have to reorient yourself to the rules of the game. Oh, it's my mom. Dad. Hi, mom. You know, I got, got to act like I'm excited. <laughs> got to come from love, right? You have right. the conversation. Then you hang up the phone. You go, what was I doing? Oh, yeah, email. So you switch back to email, and then you have to reorient yourself to the rules. Oh, where was I? Okay, let's reread. That period in between is what we call the switch cost. And studies have proven that it actually takes up 28% of your day switching from email to talking to that person to completing a task, going back to email, answering the phone, talking to the person versus if you monotest, if you did one thing at a time. You're in the middle of that email, your phone rings, you silence it. You can call them back in one minute when you finish reading the email. Mm -hmm. Just it's, it's an immediate way to take back more control of your time. The problem is to go completely from multitasking to monotasking, like just like that, that's not a realistic expectation. My question for you is, can you prove to yourself that just one time this week when you normally would have checked your email for 30 seconds because you were bored and your spouse got up when you were watching Game of Thrones, you're like, now's a great time to respond to other people's priorities. Right, can, right. Can you, can you just batch it once this week? Mm -hmm. Learn to flex that muscle. Prove to yourself that you can do it once and then next week do it twice. Next week do it three times and see what happens. Yeah, and that, that email habit alone is a game changer because I know for me, and as any entrepreneur, especially if you're starting in a new field, you're like, I've got, I, I, I have to look at my email. An opportunity might come in. I, I, I ha and it's this you know, Pavlov thing that you're having to go back to. I actually went from that mentality to saying, you know, of course, reading the one thing and reading Tim Ferriss's books and, and just saying, okay – Maybe I can just look at my email once mm -hmm. a day, once a day. And I thought that was impossible, but it's game changer. It's about standards and communication, managing mm -hmm. expectations. I mm -hmm. was speaking um, for the senior leadership of a Fortune 500 company yesterday. And mm -hmm. in the room, we started talking about this. And you've got director level people saying, I have to be in my email. Like I just got it from the president. I just got an email from the CEO and the senior right. VP of the organization looks at them and says, do you think that when I send you an email with a project that has your name on it, that I'm waiting by your, my computer, hitting refresh, <laughs> expecting your email, your response? Right, he goes, right. no, half the time I've forgotten that I've even delegated to you the moment that I did it. Yes. If an email comes from me, if it comes from our CEO, yeah, you got to handle it. But do you think it has to happen right away? And I paused the group and I said, folks, who here is shocked by what they just heard? Yeah. And 40 hands went up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We believe a lie that, that it, if it's not immediacy, we'll lose the opportunity. Yeah, and, and the counsel that we gave these executives was come back to communication. If someone mm -hmm. says they need something, say, great, can I get it to you by... Whenever you say you think you can get it to them, if they tell you that it's more urgent, 
then great. Or if they tell you they need it by Friday, you can ask them or even say, hey, uh, my current priorities are X, Y, and Z. I think I can get it to you by next Wednesday. Is that possible? Or do you need me to adjust my priorities? I do this with my executive assistant all the time. If you ask her what her number one distraction is, she will say it's me. And if I come, <laughs> and if I come up to her and I like a seagull, I swoop in and I dump all over her. Right. She'll look at me. I've trained her to say and, and empowered her to say, Jeff, my current priority is X, Y and Z. I'm hearing you say that this needs to be done. Does it supersede what my current priorities are? Ninety mm. percent of the time I tuck my tail and I run away. Right. And a lot of times people within your organization, if you're, you know, in a corporate type situation or even in an entrepreneurial type situation, people are honestly clearing their inboxes and that's why they're emailing you. So they're throwing their stuff on your plate <laughs> and you're picking it up and running with it and you're chasing yeah. and, and taking care of their priorities instead of your own, which yes. is, uh, I don't think any of us want to do that. So email is a big part of multitasking. And I know uh, you talk in the book about power blocking or time blocking. Yes. Um, this, this, this has been absolute for in the 20 plus years I've been an entrepreneur. I couldn't be without this particular concept. Can you go into that a little bit more? Sure. Early on in my career here, I remember Gary Keller looking at me and saying, Jeff, time blocking is the one thing. Mm hmm. Time blocking is the act of scheduling time with yourself to do your most important work. The idea that you look at your calendar and you say, you know what, from today, from eight to nine, today from eight to 10 actually is what my calendar reflected. I had my most important work on there. That means if a phone call comes in, I'm not available. Right. If my, my assistant knows I am not to be disturbed, this is my most important work work. Meaning if I could only do one thing the entire week, if Gary Keller himself was standing next to me with a gun pointed at my head and said, Jeff, you only get to do one thing this week that will make the biggest impact. What will that be? I know what it is. Great. Put it on your calendar and defend it with your life. Right. Right. That's the idea of time blocking. The challenges, and this is where people go wrong because you're like, okay, I get it. The mm -hmm. mistake people make is they go from doing nothing like Goldilocks. It's, it's, it's too little. Then they're going to time block everything, <laughs> every single right. minute of every single day. Which makes an erotic person. <laughs> and you will feel like a failure. Uh-huh. Let me ask you, yeah. how many days do you think you will allow yourself to feel like a failure before you rewrite the rules of the game so you don't have to feel like a failure? Mm. This is why people don't succeed living the one thing. They mm. set the bar too high. They don't give themselves a chance to actually get a win. Can you prove to yourself that you can put a single time block on your calendar this week for 10 minutes? And for that 10 minutes, you close your email. For that 10 minutes, you put your phone on silent. <gasps> <gasps> for that 10 no, minutes. No, did you, you say that? I know. For that 10 minutes, you close out all your browsers. For that 10 minutes, maybe you disable the, the internet if you don't need it. And you just focus on doing your most important work. Can you do that? Watch what happens when you start to make this a habit. Yeah, just that desire that we have to be perfect supersedes our success because then we feel like a failure and we say this thing doesn't work. It must be me. I don't have what it takes. And then they move on staying in the same pattern. And from a neuroscience standpoint, it makes sense because they've had years upon years upon years of reinforcing a pattern in their brain that says, mm -hmm. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And that's, that is their mode of thinking. But like you're saying, if you go, if you try to go, all right, I'm going to do it for five days, for three hours or four hour blocks a day and they fail, that's the excuse their brain needs to stay in that, in that neural rut. But Correct. if they just take that 10 minutes one time and call that a win <laughs> for the week, like that's it. Yep. And then maybe next week it's two and then maybe right. the following week it's three and take those as huge success. I mean, we know how our brain responds and it's that 
daily, 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 time after time after time, little wins that changes our neuroscience. This was the first thing I created when I came here. I created a master course on time blocking where it held people's hand for 66 mm. days, which is how long on average it takes for something to become a habit. And which we've had about 2,000 people go through it now. And what happens the moment that suddenly time blocking is a habit, you just unlock crazy potential. Wherever you think that ceiling of achievement is that's above you right now, it gets raised because suddenly you actually start to maximize your time, your most valuable asset, your most valuable resource. That's when you earn the right to go on a journey to achieving extraordinary results. Mm. So that leads me to the, the big question. So let's kind of dive into just in case somebody who's listening hasn't read the book, that focusing question, that big yeah. question that we ask yourself, so kind of walk us through that process. Sure. So to preface it, on the cover of the book, it says the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. None of this is earth shattering, folks. None of this like, oh, schedule time with yourself to do your most important work. None of it is like mm. the heavens just opened up and you see color for the first time. Right. It is surprisingly simple. It is also seldomly done. The success habit that you can form, the one success habit that Gary really talks about is the habit of applying the focusing question to any challenge in your life. The focusing question is what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary. Now, did the heavens just open up from above you? No, but let's break it down. Mm -hmm. What's the one thing? Not two things, not three things. One thing, I can do. This is important, not what you feel like you should do. You'll be guilty if you don't do. Your wife tells you you should do. You actually can do it. If I told you to protect four hours today with your life and not violate that time block, most of you would not be able to do it. But could you do five minutes? Yeah. So this is about setting the bar in the right place, right? Right, right. So what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, meaning you do not sit on your couch in lotus position, meditating, waiting for Publisher's <laughs> Clearinghouse to show up at your front door with a million dollar check. You get off your freaking ass and you take action. Amen. Amen. We just went to church right now. <laughs> uh-huh. This is it's my called implementation, man. <laughs> and, and I get it, folks. I was that guy in a corporate job who wanted to start a business. I have talked to so many of you who want a better life for yourself. You want more freedom. You want more income opportunity. You want financial freedom. And then you bitch about your current circumstances and you refuse to take action. That's right. Get off your ass. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I got mm -hmm. I got fired up because somebody right. needs, somebody needs to be in your ear. Anytime you point the finger at someone else about how things aren't working right, go ahead and point your finger out in front of you right now. Look <laughs> at your finger and realize that you got three fingers that are pointing right back at you. <laughs> so what's the, the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? How do you feel about that question now? Say I'm listening. I'm inspired. I, I can think of that one thing, which that's a mm -hmm. hard process in and of itself. So before I even ask where I was headed, I want to ask you that. So how does one, how does, let's just talk strictly on, you know, business side of things, although this applies to spiritual life, your physical life, your personal, your relationships, your job, your business, your finances. You can do this. You should do this for every area of your life. But let's speak specifically about business if I'm just sitting down and I'm thinking like, how do I get to this one thing? I, I, I'm lost. What would, you, what would you say? Can we flip it and role play it? Yeah, absolutely. So out of everything you're working on, Shannon, what's the area you need help most when it comes to your business? Right now, the area that I need the most help in is the creative time to be able to write the course that I'm in the middle of that I've just outlined. So what I'm hearing you say is that you want to write a course, yet you struggle to actually sit down and do it. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, so what's the one thing you can do such that by doing it would allow you to sit down and write that course? I think the biggest thing for me is offloading 
the things that are continuing to happen that I need to do in order to free up that space because creativity, as you well know, you need those time blocks and and you need to stay immersed so that you can give your best. And uh, I think being able to block an entire week to be able to do that without any other distractions would be the one thing that I need to do. Do you think it's realistic that you can clear an entire week? I'd have to take a lot of preparation to do it. Probably not. So, and and, and again, this is, What's the one thing you can do? I'm hearing you say mm. you need time to write your course. What mm. you just gave me in terms of an answer is in my mind an insurmountable task. I need to do everything else so I can actually free up an entire week. Mm. Quick question. What's more important, writing this course or everything else that's on your calendar? At writing this course. And my thoughts are to outsource everything else. Okay, now that's interesting. So th- now things are shifting because mm-hmm. the first thing I heard was I need to do everything else that's not as important so that I can do the thing that is most important. Right, right. This is and 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 this, folks. Um, I'm I'm be- I'm being direct just because I want to really spell it out. It's mm-hmm. hard to mm-hmm. treat to give your most important priorities in a disproportionate share of your time. Yeah, we in our mind over decades have developed the habit of treating everything like it matters equally. So here's my question, Shannon, what's on your calendar today? Actually, today is blocked out for course creation after we get out of, after we're done with this podcast interview. Okay, cool. So let's go here. So you, uh, we're going to replay. You said the one thing you could actually do was to, to book time for you to do your course creation. And what's Mm -hmm. the one thing you can do to make sure that you actually show up for that course creation? put everything else on airplane mode. Okay. So what I'm actually hearing you say is that your one thing is not necessarily writing the course. Your one thing is not even necessarily putting it on your calendar. Your one thing is that when that time comes on your calendar, you mm-hmm. put it on airplane mode. Mm-hmm. So here's, the, here's, what, here's why I'm drilling this. Think big, act small. Mm-hmm. I personally mm-hmm. made the mistake of thinking big and trying to act big by doing this everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The challenge is you fail and you will only allow yourself to feel like a failure for so long before you write, rewrite the rules of the game so you don't have to feel like a failure. That's right. If your one thing was to put your phone on airplane mode for 10 minutes every single day, could you do that? Absolutely. Right. And when you put your phone on airplane mode, what do you think the odds are that you're actually going to work on the course? They're 100%. So the mark of success is not if you actually spend time on the course. The mark of success is if your phone can be on airplane mode for 10 minutes. That's right. That's right. You could go watch, you could go watch Game of Thrones for 10 minutes. <laughs> That's right. Right. And right? I, I think this is going to free some people up because when we think about figuring this one thing out, right, I can put my phone on airplane mode for like six or seven hours when I'm doing podcast interviews, when I'm, and of course, these are things that I love to do, you know, things that we, so that's the thing. We sometimes love doing things and Mm -hmm. therefore we spend our time on that. And and that's good. It's not that it's a bad piece in it. It certainly is something that grows your business, but is it the biggest and best that will get you closest to your goal in the smallest amount of time and probably knock over all the other goals in the process. Right. Maybe not. And so it, it, it's a shift thought wise of, yes, you're serving others. And a lot of times we kind of uh, delude ourselves in the sense that we say, well, I have to do this. They, they need me. But what's important is that that highest priority right. gets the time that it needs. So, this, this usually lands home. Um, are you married by chance? I am. Okay. At your wedding, when you were standing at the altar, when you were exchanging your marriage vows, did you have your cell phone on you? <laughs> Absolutely not. Was it even on? Nope. Oh, okay. Um, for everybody who's not married, you ever been on a first date? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> and you were really, really engaged. You really liked this person and you felt your phone ring. Did you answer it? No, we all understand and have voted with our actions that there are times that are appropriate to acknowledge our phone, to acknowledge email, and there are times that are not appropriate. 
It's not like you don't know how to do this. It's how do you extend it to the actions, the priorities that will single-handedly give you the vast majority of the results in your life. Yeah, and, and making that as important or more important than the rest. The only, it is the, on Gary Keller's desk in his office is a piece of paper. It says, until my number one priority is done, everything else is a distraction. Mm, that's right. I remember seeing that. I have it on the cover of my iPhone. Until yeah. my number one priority is done, everything else is a distraction. And he Mm-mm. lives that way. And, and if we, as listen, the people who are listening, my tribe, even starts living that way 10 minutes a day, it can start to become a game changer, right, Jeff? Yeah. Well, this is what we call the halo effect. And it's kind of like the compounding interest. Mm-hmm. When you end up doing one thing, the right thing, it can topple over many things. Yeah. And this is you start to form a small little habit of doing something for 10 minutes a day. What's crazy is that habit is going to start to spawn off other habits. We call it the halo effect. Mm-hmm. Perfect example of this, uh, a, wo- a woman we worked with, her name's Peggy. Peggy had just gone through a real rough period. Her husband had passed away and she kind of took inventory of her life. She realized, oh my gosh, over the last few decades, I've been forming some really unhealthy habits, not exercising, wrong diet, not the right mindset, blah, 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 blah. She knows she needs to make a change. And that's when we start working together. And I ask her of all the areas, which you, you mentioned earlier, Shannon, the seven circles, which is on page 114 of the book, spirituality, physical health, personal relationships, job, business, finances, out of all of those areas, if you had to just choose one to focus on first, what would it be? And she said, my business, because I just moved here. I'm starting this business. My one thing is business. Awesome. What's the one thing you can do for your business? Such that by doing it, everything else will be easier and necessary. See, there you are using the focusing question. And she said, lead generate. Every single day, lead generate for two hours. Because if I have enough leads, I will have enough business. Awesome. You fast forward four weeks of her lead generating every day. She starts to notice that she's always tired. When she's with her clients, she lacks confidence. When she starts to ask why, she realizes it's because when she looks in the mirror, she doesn't respect the woman that she sees. Wow. She then, at that point, because she took action, she realized her one thing was not business. The one thing Mm -hmm. she could actually do for her business was to become a healthier version of herself. And the one thing she could do to become a healthier version of herself was to get to the gym. The one thing she could do to get to the gym was to sign up for a boot camp class. So there was accountability. The money was invested. There was a date and time. And the mm-hmm. one thing she could do to make sure she got to the boot camp class was to be in her gym clothes out the office door by 5.33 p.m. every single workday. That was the one thing. That was the thing that she tracked. Doesn't matter if she went to the gym or not. Was she in her clothes and out the door? You fast forward six weeks, Peggy drops 20 pounds. And more impressively, she transforms her view of herself. As a result, she starts to have more energy. As a result, she has more confidence. As a result, when she's in front of people, because she's more confident, she closes more deals and her business starts to take off. When you do one thing, the right thing, it can topple over many things. Oh, that's such a great story because we can probably all see ourselves in her and uh, and realize that we don't have to get this perfectly right. We just need to get started and God will show us what it is that will bring that true one thing where it needs to be. So Always. thank you for sharing that story. That story is, is such a great example of how this process really is something that's integrative to our whole being so that we can really live the very best life that was intended for us. Jeff, um, thank you so much for being with us on the Epic Success Podcast today. I know you have blown the minds of some of my listeners in my tribe, and today their lives will be different. Of course, in our course, no- in, in the, the notes for the podcast, we're going to list all the links to get a hold of Jeff, all of his connections, and then obviously a link to the One Thing book so that you can get your mind focused on that focusing question and start to change the path of your life. Jeff, thank you so much for being on today. Thanks, Shannon. 
Well, there you have it, my conversation with Dr. Shannon Irvin of the Epic Success Podcast. Folks, we asked you a question at the beginning of this episode. Did you play all out? That question again, now that you've heard the whole episode, is what is the one thing based on this episode that you are not doing, that if you started doing immediately, would make a massive impact in your life? We love and honor the fact that you just made an investment of your time to listen to this episode. And we know that the greatest results will come for you when you implement the content. How can you live what you heard today? How can you begin to take action on that one thing that you identified? What would be possible for you if you put more intention to forming relationships with the right people? What would be possible for you if you began to live the one thing with more purpose? If you would like to take that next step, if you would like to have us as your accountability partner in getting results, please go to the onething.com slash membership. We are opening the doors again to our Living Your One Thing community where we teach you how to take back 24 to 32 hours a month that you are currently wasting on the 80% stuff that doesn't matter and you learn to channel it into your most important priority so you can live an extraordinary life. And that's just for a buck a day, folks. The doors are opening right now. They will only be open for a few weeks. So if you are listening to this later and when you go to the onething.com slash membership and you see a waitlist page, get on the waitlist so you know when we open the doors again. Folks, who's in your life right now who's having the type of conversations with you like you are hearing right now? Do you have that person that is asking you questions that help you self-discover where the gap is and they help you form the plan on how to get to that next level? If you are missing that person, you can go find them, you can join our community, or the highest level is to get a coach. If that's something you'd be interested in, email us at mastery at the one thing.com. And that's with the number one in the URL. Again, mastery at the one thing.com. Put coach in the subject line because behind the scenes, we are putting some things together in terms of a one thing coaching program. And we will get the list of people, basically a wait list so that we can call you and see if it's a fit when it is time to roll. Bottom line, folks, we are going to ask you, how can you implement this? Whether that is by doing business with us or doing it on your own, we just want you to implement what you are learning because that's when you earn the right to live an extraordinary life. Thank you for listening to this episode. If it has helped you, please think of one person, just one that needs to hear this message. Share this episode with them. Thank you. We honor you and we look forward to being with you in the next episode.